In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Buenos dias, senor and senorita. Welcome to our Ghost Chronicle International with El Richard Felix and Ronald Kolick. How do you like that, Richard? <laughs> oh, my God. What's happened? Um, I don't know. I can't, I can't respond. Um, very good. <laughs> very different. Uh, <laughs> I'm reaching out to our international audience. Well, I think with, it's a fantastic idea. Buenos noches. Yeah, with my good Spanish. I think that was Spanish. <laughs> well, I think it sounded reasonably Spanish to me, but whether the, whether the Spaniards would think that, I'm not quite so sure. But, uh, yeah, probably there not. <laughs> how are you doing? So how have you been, my friend? Oh, I'm very well. Uh, yes, I'm extremely well. I'm getting very well. It's raining here, um, and it's been raining for at least two weeks uh, here in sunny old Derby. So uh, but what can I say? Uh, not a lot. Summer's gone, I'm afraid. You know, the states is cooking right now. We're all, we've got a huge heat wave rolling across the country. Really? Uh, do, I mean, to be honest, do, do you do you obviously? I mean, when I was over with you, you know, a year last August, the, mm-hmm. the weather was absolutely fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you get summer most of you know sort of hot weather in the summer most of the we time? We do. We do. Oh, we you, do. But you so look, it's terrible. We just don't have it anymore. You know, no. we, we get. We get we got very nice spring, uh, six weeks of nice sunny weather, and that's it. July and August is, is rain, and it's, it's cold. I'm thinking of making no. a fire tonight. Would you believe? Really? Yeah. Do you, do you yeah. know that? Do you know that in Iceland, it's actually warmer. It's actually hot for them. It, it's all the way up to like in the seventies. Oh my! Is it is it is it, um, is it melting the ice? <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> but it is. Go blimey! Anyway, what you got to tell me? Anything good? Anything? Anything haunting? No, we did another uh, ghost uh, haunted ghost fort tour and lighthouse tour on uh, uh, Saturday night for the uh, benefit of the friends of Portsmouth Lighthouse, and that went well as usual. Always some interesting stuff, and we've added some new things. So, Richard, while I've got you on the phone, in fact, oh, let's maybe we should bring our do should we, well. Let's why anything new bring do with you, Barry John? On right yeah, why don't we bring him? I hate I hate keeping him out there. All right, uh, so, oh, that was quick. <laughs> so here's Barry John. There you go. I'm here. How are you? <laughs> good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm very good. It's nice to speak to you both. Nice to talk to you again. Uh, we we actually, I mean. 
there's a thing that's kind of going around this country. It's it's a it's an app for one of the iPhones and Androids, and it's called Ghost Radar. I mean, do you have it over there? And, and what's your opinion of it, guys? Oh yeah, we do, we do, and we have we have the Ovulus as well on uh, the iPhone as well at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I'm going to say it always winds me up on an event because people will sit there playing with it all night, you know, and listening to the Ovulus, and I think it's only got ten words programmed into it. That's all you're ever going to hear. And these people get so obsessed with them, don't they? And these ghost radars as well. And it's, do you know what? I think it's a good gimmick, and I think it probably makes a lot of money for somebody somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head, on the head there, Barry. Gimmick yeah. is the. Uh, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I've got an Ovilus that I was given to by the guy that invented it about four years ago, um, and it's, it's yeah, it's great. But you know, I mean, you, you and I both we're singing from the same hymn sheet. You know, as far as I'm concerned, the only ghost detector is you and your dog. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I, actually, I, I agree. You, you know what? You know, I, when it first came out, I, I thought the exact same thing. I said, you know, how good is this, and, and or is it any good at all? And uh, then I started thinking about, well, if you believe that spirits can manipulate white noise on a recorder that put their voice on it and manifest their voice on it as an EVP, then or you take a trigger object and you place it down and they can move it physically, then why couldn't they manipulate this little crazy app that we have for a phone? So I decided to do some experiment with it, and I'm still doing it. You know, I'm not putting the thumbs up or thumb down on it. It's interesting, that's all I'll say. But recently, uh, I do I do a monthly paranormal study group. In fact, I have one tonight at the Service of Wisdom in Andover. And uh, about two months ago, uh, there was a little boy that was found dead in Maine. So what we decided to do as part of this group is is we took a newspaper article about the boy and, and brought it down, and uh, we each read it, and then we just started thinking about him. That's all. Just thinking about him. And then we turned on the ghost radar thing, which those it has the ghost radar thing, which I'm not really thrilled about, but I like the word generation thing. Okay. So it started generating words. And what we did is we recorded every word that it uh, generated. So uh, after the session was over, I, I took it home. And then a month later, uh, of course, they found the the killer of the little boy, which happened to be the mother and everything else. And I went through the list of words. And, you know, there were some of them that you could definitely match to make anything, basically. But there were very specific words that showed up. For instance, Texas, and she was from Texas. Uh, airplane, and uh, an airplane was found on the shirt of the little boy. Navy, her son was in the Navy. Murphy, the name of her lawyer. Uh, it said mother, and of course the mother was the killer, praying, and she was found reading the Bible in the car when she was captured, and, and it had a whole list of words. So I thought that was an interesting experiment. Now, was it proof of anything? No, but it was interesting enough to think about it. So what what, what do you guys think? Tom Barry, you first. Oh, do you know what? I, I mean, I'm, I'm still waiting for proof from um, the Frank's box or, you know, as I call it, the broken radio. And I think nowadays, <laughs> you know, there's so many, um, there's so many, how do, how do I say this? And I'm trying to be very positive. There's so many pieces of equipment out there and I think you could make from it exactly what you want. I think uh-huh. the mind, the mind does a lot of matrixing when it's talking of, you know, or when it's listening to radios and white noise. And, and exactly like you said, Rod, you know, the Ovulus, for instance. Do you know what? I, I stand there. I, I really do stand and I say to people, you know, I want to be proved wrong. I want somebody to physically show me something with a, 
um, an ovulus or mm-hmm. something physical on a voice box that we can actually listen to and I can say, do you know what, without a doubt, I actually heard that person's name or that person's address. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, as you know, in the UK, you know, we always use the, um, the Frank's box on ghost events, on paranormal events. Mm-hmm. And the amount of things that you hear when you're listening to it, and, and everybody hears something different. And do you know what? I'm still struggling to try and make sense of a message through the ghost box at the moment. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I agree. I agree. I mean, I, I, I must be honest with you. I, I, of course, I believe in, in ghosts. I believe in the whole thing. I believe that ghosts can do things, can, can move things, can appear in front of people, and can do all this. So, I mean, obviously, the, one of the easiest ways for them to be able to do something is for them to be influenced something that's electronic, hence the fact that televisions get affected, computers, lights, light bulbs, you name it. Um, so I think it's... I think it's very, very, very possible that they can or and should be able to to do this, to to pick up words that are there on an ovulus or a Frank box or anything else. But I still believe that they're not how can I, not a detector. I think they could become a tool, for want of a better word, of a spirit, uh, in the same way as as moving a vase across. Mm. Across the mantelpiece could can be a, a form of them letting you know they're there. But I still believe that the only real detector is is us. To be honest, yeah, with you. I, I agree in other with words, that. I think Harry's got ghost radar. <laughs> ghost radar thank you um, but I, I've, I've got to say you know what the amount of times that I've used things like the Frank's box and I'll always talk about the Frank's box because it's something that fascinates me and, mm-hmm. and you'll be sat there and the next minute you'll hear the taxi rank calling out a taxi or you'll hear the local pizza delivery company calling out the next pizza delivery and, and you know these are all the things that I look at and I think with any piece of equipment that we use for paranormal nowadays it's never been devised as ghost hunting equipment it's something that we've adapted and we've thought actually that'll pick something up or it could pick something up exactly the same as the emf meter for instance it's something that we've devised and and how many times you were walking around the building and the emf meter will suddenly go mad and you put a torch on and you stood next to an electric box or somebody's left the mobile phone on mm-hmm. you know and again it's this it's this misinterpretation isn't it a misrepresentation of the piece of equipment we've got and what we're trying to do with it well, look, 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 I mean, you know what? I, I, I find this. I, I've listened to a, you know, a few British uh, radio shows, podcasts, and and it seems to be that seems to be attitude from the UK that it's always more negative. You guys seem to take the, the negative stand of everything rather than being more open minded about it. Yes, we all mm-hmm. know that there are natural current sources of EMF. But yeah. when you rule those out, I mean, isn't that something to look at? Or it's just automatically, well, that's no good because we know there are natural concerns of EMF. I mean, you know, you seem to have that negative approach, whereas people in the U.S. maybe uh, they're too uh, positive on it. But it, it, I think we need a, a balance between the two where you say, okay, yeah, there are natural occurring sources of EMF, but what about this? I mean, you know, there you are none of the we British are very negative. I, I'm going to be honest with you. That's why I want to come and live in the States, because I think you guys over there are so positive about everything. Um, we tend to be, yeah, you're absolutely right, we tend to be very negative. Um, I love the way Americans, it's nothing to do with ghosts or anything, I love the way that Americans, if, someone, if someone's um, doing well, you pat them on the back and give them a, give them a, a medal and say, well done, I, I'd like to 
be like you. But over here in Britain, anybody that's doing well, all we want to do is drag them down to our to our standards, and and uh, you know we don't want to be like them. We want them to be like us. We are yeah. negative. They're going away from it. I suppose we're also a bit negative in in the paranormal world. Um, would you agree, Barry? Or, am um, I right? I, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't, Richard. Actually, no. I mean, what I look at is is do you know what? Me more than anybody on an event want something to physically happen that people believe and, and accept as a provable in information or a provable incident. What I'd hate yeah. to do is be in a room with an EMF meter and every time it goes off, say to somebody, oh my God, that's a spirit. Oh my God, there's another one. When you and I know that, you know, you see the different reaction between somebody's mobile phone to when it is actually picking up some sort of EMF activity. Um, you know, exactly the same with the Frank's box. And, and, you know, I don't want to come across negative. What I want to come across as is that I actually want something that's very provable, that, you know, we can get it to repeat itself. We can look at it. We can trace it. We can get history from it. And what I don't want people to think is that in everyday life, suddenly you're haunted by all these ghosts and spirits around you, when you and I know that isn't always the case. You but know, wait a minute. Know... Aren't, you, aren't you a medium too, Barry? Yes, I am. So, I mean, you as a medium, you realize there are spirits around us all the time. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But what I don't want people to think run all the time is that they're haunted all the time. That's, that's oh, okay. what so I don't you, want to... No, I see what you're saying. Haunted in a negative sense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, okay. you know, and, and I'd love nothing more than on an event, you know, if we can get something to happen, and then as something happens, you can say, right, okay, if you can hear my voice, do it again, and you get this repeating action all the time, this repetitiveness, that then we can say, actually, there's something in that. What I don't like is when we're on an event, and something happens, you know, the EMF meter will go off, and then it'll stop, and you'll say, right, do it again, and you get nothing then for about 20 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. and for me, it's that... Well, you know, is that is that something that's paranormal, or is that just an incident that set it off? Right. You know, and and again, for me, I, you know, I do believe, and as Richard knows me very well, you know, I'm a person that wants to always prove it. I want people to believe what's there, not just what I say, and not just what I pick up. And you know, if I can be saying, right, okay, I've got a gentleman stood in the doorway, right, I want him to walk in this room, walk up to somebody with a K2 meter or an EMF meter or a, a you know um, a Frank's box and either speak or touch them or set it off at that very particular moment, that's what I want to do. I want people to believe it, you know, not just to think, oh, well, that could have been anything that set that off. You know, and I think, remember, remember also that, you know, I'm, I'm like Richard. I've been in this field for many, many years. Actually, I'm a very greedy ghost hunter now. The things that I've seen, I am, and I have to be honest, Ron, that the things I've seen over the years, I want more and more and more. You know, I've seen hundreds of K2s go off, EMF meters, you know, I've seen things that I can't explain. And I think for me, you know, it's it's probably my limits now have been pushed to the hill where I actually want something that really is unexpected and something that's really going to blow my socks off. I agree. And, and Richard, I think it's the same with you, right? Absolutely right, yeah. I mean, I just, <laughs> it, it's such a difficult thing. There's so much, we know, we know that there's something in it. We know that there are spirits and souls of dead people that are still around or that can come back or that have stayed or are frightened to move on or, or have just chosen to stay. Um, and I, I actually don't really quite know where we go from here. Um, you know, <laughs> 
we're not supposed to know. But who says we're not supposed to know? Um, why shouldn't we know? You know, if we're not supposed to know, why did some of them come back? Um, yeah. How are we going to prove it, guys? Do you know what? I, th- I think the best way that we do it, Richard, at the moment is... You know, we never, ever give up. And this is not just in England. It's all across. You know, it's international. None of us want to give up. You know, it'd be very easy for us to go to an event and say, oh, didn't, nothing happened. Obviously, there's no proof of life after death, full stop. But I've been doing ghost hunts now for, what, in excess of 15 years. You know, and I still go to every ghost hunt as though it's my first. Every time I want oh, I to do. look for something. And you, you've got to do, haven't you? You've got to look at them as though it's your first event all the time because... As I always say to the guests, nothing's staged. Nothing's going to happen at a particular time. There is nobody there hiding behind a doorway to jump out. If something happens and we can't explain it, and remember that I, you know, as, as an individual, you know, the one thing I do like to do to people is talk to them about it and say, right, okay, it could have been this. It might have been that. However, I can't explain that. So actually I put that into my paranormal bracket and say, there's something there that you've got to take away with you and think about it because even I can't give you an explanation why it happened or why it went off. Mm-hmm. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Richard Felix and Ron Kolick on TojiNet, uh, Ghost Channel, Pararex, and beyond. Our very special guest is Barry John. I love that name, Barry John. Anyway. <laughs> Thanks, Ron. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so let me... I mean, this this is kind of. I think you've probably done some as well. I mean, in all, but I think it's more aimed at Richard. Is that now there are ghost tours and there are ghost hunts or ghost investigations? I don't know exactly what you guys call them over there. But do you think, as a presenter at both room, you, you don't have to be in the same same mind? For instance, for a ghost tour. People are there going basically there to learn a history and be to be scared versus a investigation where they kind of want to investigate the paranormal, be more uh, realistic, more scientific. Is there a, a separation be- between them, do you think? And, and do you separate them differently as a presenter? Yes, very, very, very much so. Because, <clears throat> I mean, I've, I've been doing ghost walks for 19 years. Um, and... Right from the very start, I mean, we're talking of a, of a different ghost hunt, really, ghost walk to what most people do, because my, all my ghost walks last for at least three hours. Um, there's a couple of haunted pubs on the way round where we go and have a look for the spirits behind the bar, um, or the headless pints. Um, and, and, <laughs> and basically, we're talking of a night out, but people come along and enjoy uh, they get the hit. You know, people say, have said right from day one to me, you know, wow, we love it, we love it, the ghost world, but it's the history that we love. Because I, I believe, as you know, that history and ghosts go together. Uh, and of course, basically, on the, on those evenings, we, we, I, or whoever's doing it, are, are storytellers, telling the story of uh, the ghost story, if you like, based on the actual history. Uh, the history we can prove, the ghosts we can't prove. Uh, but we also, the fact that we're out three hours and all of that, we, we also scare people shitless on the way around. Mm. <laughs> or, in <laughs> a word, we have, uh, I'm afraid to say, you know, people that, that, that jump, jump out and scare people. Because they, that's what they've come for. They love it. They enjoy it's it. It's entertainment. It's entertainment. And it, it, 
Um, a ghost walk, second to what well, more? We do three different ones now around, around the city of Derby alone. And the, people absolutely enjoy, and come back for more and talk about it. Uh, but it, it's an inter- entertaining night. We tell them, of course, we tell them, or they know, they know it's a guy, don't they, when he jumps out and, and scares them to death. Um, we never stage anything that we don't tell them about. In other words, if something moves, you know, um, then obviously we'd tell, you know, no, no, we didn't do that. <laughs> because we don't, we just have people who jump out and scare them to death. And then, then a bit of an actor and tells them a bit of a story. We also, for, for many, many years, have been doing exactly the same thing. And the same thing that, of course, Barry does frequently is a ghost hunt or, or a, a, a night vigil or whatever you want to call it, which is totally, totally different. And we, we do paranormal investigations on the night. And, of course, we don't have anybody jumping out or we never fake anything at all. If nothing happens, tough guys, you know, nothing's happened, but come back again because it might it happened to people last week. So there's a big, big difference between the two. Big difference. There is. And, and I, think, I think also, Richard, the, it's, it's, isn't it the individuals and what they've come for sometimes? Because yeah. as, as on a, a paranormal event, a ghost hunt, whatever you want to call it, you know, people... Um, do want to come to be scared. You know, they want to come to an old building because that's where the great hangings took place or that's yeah. where people were locked up and tortured. And people want to fear that fear. You know, they want to feel it. They really want it to be an emotion for them. Whereas yeah. other people have come as a bit of a fun, a bit of a joke. They've come because the friends have come along just to make up the numbers. And I think, um, as you say, a ghost walk to a ghost hunt is very different. And, and I, I stand by totally in what you've said with the history. You know, I think if a property's got history and people are aware of the history, that makes it more fearful at times rather than them just walking into a new building. There's no feeling there. There's nothing that's ever happened there. And I think we've got to be very sensible of, of, you know, that at the end of the day, we are still trying to prove something, whether it be on a a ghost walk or on a ghost hunt. We still want to give people some provable information. That's very true. But, I mean, and of course, the other thing, I mean, it doesn't happen so often, but years ago when we used to do it, people would turn up on a ghost walk and say, you know, will we see a ghost? And I used to always say, well, it's not like going to the zoo, you know. I can't guarantee that it's feeding time and, and that the, the, they're going to come out for us like, uh, like the chimpanzees do. But I have to say, over the years of doing it, we have had quite a few incidents that have happened to people or that they've contacted us afterwards, uh, probably too embarrassed to tell us at the time and that sort of stuff, where they say that something has happened to them on a ghost walk. But do remember that although we're doing it as entertainment, that we're going into allegedly haunted places. And, and mm. you see, my ghost walks don't just, we don't stand outside, we go in. We go mm. up into the attics or the room where the murder took place or down into the cellars or, or wherever it is. Um, and they are allegedly haunted. Mm. So, you know, things, things have happened to people frequently. But you've hit on the word a few times there, Richard, you know, and again, it's a word that we've spoke about many times is entertainment, isn't it? People do expect to come along and in the first hour expect tables to be flying around the room and, you know, cloaked figures suddenly appearing and, you know, and it doesn't happen like that. It really does have to have a patient side to it. Um, And as I always say to people, what you've got to remember is coming on a paranormal event really is a taster in terms of what you can do on your own private investigations. Because, 
You all right? <laughs> Have we lost somebody there? I think we lost Richard. Oh dear, has he vanished? Probably possessed. Was that, was that par paranormal, Ron? <laughs> Very well could have been, you know that. You laugh, Barry, but you know what? Sometimes, uh, you know, I listen to, to like, if you, you listen to, like, a normal radio stuff, they never seem to have the same pr problems that we do when we have a paranormal channel. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. I'm back. back. Yay! Almost. <laughs> that was, that was paranormal, wasn't it? <laughs> it was definitely paranormal. No, it wasn't. I actually knocked the phone and it uh, and it cut off. <laughs> I do apologise, guys. <laughs> Don't worry. You see, nine out of ten ghosts can be explained, including that one. I always say that. I always say that. Yeah. You know, it's that it's that it's that little end degree, isn't it, of what we can't explain that you can class as paranormal. Correct. Absolutely right. Yeah. In fact, I have changed this a little bit, and I still say that. But I also now say to people, actually, ten out of ten ghosts can be explained. But not yet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> there will be, there is an explanation to all of it. We just don't. And of course, the big thing is, Barry, we've got to be very careful here. We don't really want to prove it all just yet. Otherwise, we'll be out of a job. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. That's true. That is true. And you know, Isn't right? I, I, like people, I like people to go away from an event to to actually look into things and delve things, you know, and really fish around afterwards after the event and come back to you. Exactly. I, I think that's the key point, is that you've yeah. piqued their interest. They want to learn more, and, you know, they, they'll analyze what happened to them or what photographs they had or, or what they've recorded, and they'll come back to you. So if, you, if they've done that, I think you've done your job. Mm, I do as well. So I know we're coming up on the break, but uh, we, Richard actually – told me about this uh, guy that was on TV or something, Richard. And uh, oh, yeah. So why don't, why don't we, like, I, I know, as I mentioned, we're coming up to the break. So before we go to break, why don't you bring up the, bring up the subject, and that will give uh, Barry a little bit of time to, uh, you think know, about think it. about it. Yeah. This guy, he's, he's, I, got, <coughs> I actually can't remember his name. He's Professor. He's done a couple of TV programs recently on, on, the, on, the, on the universe and beyond. And he was on a, on a TV program about four, two weeks ago. Uh, and, and he basically came up and said that, that basically <laughs> any, anybody that believes in ghosts is a knobber. I actually don't know what a knobber is, but he says that we're... <laughs> oh, I, I, I found out that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you found it out? It's not a nice word. I thought it wasn't, and basically he said, so don't go thinking there are such things as ghosts, because there aren't. And he's co caused, I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's caused quite a stir, to say the least. Um, I just don't understand how anybody can be so self-centred and bigoted as to just come out with a, a scientist as well, to come out with a statement like that, just because there ain't no, no one's proved it, doesn't mean to say it ain't there. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think sometimes with people, earth. Richard, you, as, as my way of looking at it is, is it just ignorance? Well, I, I, you know, I would, would hate to sort of call science, scientists ignorant, but I, I'm inclined to agree with you, to be quite honest mm. with you. Um, yeah. I just find it unbelievable that, that, you know, as I say, I mean, what about the fact that we used to believe the Earth was flat until someone went and proved it? Yeah. What, there was no proof at the time, that the Earth was round. Well, there the was, because it was there. 
<laughs> if you don't, but nobody had been round to, to prove it. And I think it's the same thing with, with for want of a better word, ghosts. It's actually, you know, it, 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 think about this for when we come back after the break. We need a new word, Barry, instead of ghost. Ooh, okay. Think about it. <laughs> we, we could call them uh, invisible knobbers. <laughs> I, I want to know what that word means now, Ron. Oh, you don't want yeah, to know. Yeah, while we're on the break. Anyway, we did take a break. You are listening to Ghost Corner Against the National with Richard Felix and Ron Kowak. Our special guest is we'll John Barry, or Barry Drago. John, we'll be back. Edge. Bye. of the New England Ghost Project, New England's own Van Helsink. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the blonde bombshell, and I'm the lead investigator of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in Ghost Chronicles, the next generation. Every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so yeah, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like, uh, Beyond Bizarre. And Cemetery Tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get so scared of one of these Cemetery Tripping things that uh, you'll have to get a new (laughs) co-host. I am brave beyond belief. Yeah, we'll see. scares me. So anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Dan and Ron. See you then. And we are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Richard Felix and Ron Kolick on TojiNet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. Our very special guest today is Mr. Uh-oh. <laughs> now I got my, you know, I, I transferred your name. Now it's going back and forth. John Barry, Barry, John, Barry, John, Barry, John. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Ron. I've been called many worse things. I can oh, my assure God. You. John Barry. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> now I am confused. <laughs> Anyways, and just before the break, we were talking about this uh, scientist who called people who believe in ghosts knobbers. And, um, you know, is it arrogance of this gentleman? In other words, uh, this is my belief, and if you don't believe it, therefore you've got to be wrong? But isn't, isn't this... What we're trying to prove as individuals, isn't it? We're trying to get provable information where we can actually turn around to them and say, okay, you thought we were mad. You thought we were chasing around after spooks that didn't exist. However, look at what we've got. And I think there is a lot of information out there that, that has been caught by individuals, by paranormal groups, that we have to put into that bracket, as I always call it, of the unknown or something that we can't explain you know, I, th- I think people get very mixed up because 
the unexplained isn't something new. It's not as though we've just invented it in the late, you know, 1990s, the, the year 2000. It's something that goes back for generation after generation of incidents that we can't explain. Situations such as the Bermuda Triangle, for instance, you know, um, you look at things like the Marie Celeste, you know, and, and you can go back and go back and go back. And when we start looking at these, it's not things that have just happened recently. It's things that have happened over the past hundreds, thousands of years. And also people's beliefs and way of life as well, what we have to consider where, um, you know, one, one of the things I always use on events is Ouija boards. And, you know, some people really do think that they're possessed by the demon, they belong to, the, you know, devil worshipping, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not, you know, it, it is literally a tool of the trade, you know. And the way that I always say it to them is you will get as much response out of a Ouija board or, you know, however you want to use it, as you do working with me as a straightforward medium, there is no difference. You know, the only difference is you have to learn to control what you get in and manage what you get in when you're working on a Ouija board. Um, and I think, um, you know, I think he's, got, he's probably got a very valid point, you know, in terms of saying everybody who chased after ghosts is knobbers or, or whatever he refers to it as, because... <laughs> I think there has to be provable information. That's what we need to do. Um, I think there's a lot of groups out there nowadays who do run around and screaming and shouting and don't necessarily believe in it the way that we believe in it. You know, for them, it is purely entertainment. For me, there's still a provable element that I'm trying to search for to turn around to somebody one day and say, you tell me what that was then because I can't explain it. You're right. right. Biggest problem we've got in in my humble opinion you hit the nail on the head barry so much so that with with actually mentioning the ouija board for instance oh scary things you know oh demonic you know you're opening dark doors it's all it's all dark scary demonic and and everything else and i have to say (laughs) that the church has done a lot of harm in 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 that side of things as regards demonizing everything else and i'm afraid so has so has um hollywood uh, so have I, if you like, by doing ghost walks where people jump out and scare people. Because at mm-hmm. the end of the day, everybody thinks that ghosts are scary things. They're all de- demonic. They're all evil spirits and everything else. And while while we're going down the Scooby-Doo road, which is what it is, science will never take it seriously. That's the problem we've got. We've got to get away from the fact that all ghosts are there to get us. And they're not. They're there for a reason, for the reasons that you know and, and I know and, and Ron knows, not not to get us. Um, and that's where I'm talking about this word ghost. We need to change it. Because that word ghost... I, I, I have the word... Go on, then. Come on. Corporal impaired beings. I beg your pardon? <laughs> Corporal impaired beings. I'd never be able to say it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the other thing. It's got to be an easy word, you see. I don't think that would quite work if I was saying, I'm going on a corporal impaired walk. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, corporal (laughs) being. It wouldn't quite work. Wouldn't fly, huh? But you could be going on a CIB investigation. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Yeah, why not? But I said that's the problem. And the word, as Ron knows only too well after reading my book, the word ghost uh, is is just a word that that, um, means to be scared of. Yeah, it is. And that's why I I, I really think it's time that we came up with something else other than the word ghost. Because, yeah, we love it. It's a fantastic word. And it sells 
tells the walks that we go on and it does that, but it, it's not, in my opinion, what it's really all about. Um, that's what, as I keep saying, it, it means to be frightened of. So until we get away from that Scooby-Doo side of things, you know, it's not, we're not going to have the credibility that we should have. And that's why science yeah. laughs at us. It is. And do you know what? The one thing I always say on events, Richard, is that, you know what, these spirits, these ghosts, whatever you want to call them, they must have some sort of intelligence to be able to come back and, and do things and throw things and move things and, you know, come through and give messages on a Ouija board. We know there's intelligence there. We really do. And I think summertime for us, again, it's, it's probably ignorance on our part with them, you know, and the one thing that I don't like when people are working on an investigation is how they try to chastise spirit, you know, the way that I always say is, remember, that was a living person one day, you know, they're just like you, like me, apart from they're not on this side, they're on the other side, talk to them with respect, and that's the way I've always worked, you know, I don't understand these mediums who, um, you know, want to scream and shout at spirit and swear at them and curse at them and They've got to do it now, you know, and it's like, well, you know yeah. what, if I was over the other side and you were saying that to me, I'd turn around and say to you, do you know what, go away and come back and talk to me when you've calmed but, down. But, Barry, yeah. let, me, let me ask you this, Barry, I mean, quickly. You were, in spirit form, you're the same as you were in, in real life unless you changed. So if you were a yeah. pedophile in this life or a mass yes. murderer, then you're not so nice on the other side. And, and do you deserve respect because you're dead, which in the case of the mass murder, maybe we killed them uh, to get rid of them, but maybe we didn't. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they do deserve respect if you're talking to a little child or something. But if you're talking to a, a person or that has been nasty and is still nasty, then you certainly don't deserve any more respect than he did in real life. But do you know what, personally, Ron, I wouldn't want to talk to a character like that. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I'd want to talk to somebody who was prepared to work with me and give me information and prove to me that they were once here, not somebody who's going to come through and tell me that they murdered X amount of people or X amount of children and this is how they did it. Do you know mm -hmm. what? That, that just goes a little bit beyond what I'm trying to prove here. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not my what belief. What happens when you go on a, on a ghost hunt or a ghost investigation and you run into those type of spirits? Because if I do, and, I, and that does happen occasionally, but very often what I'd say to people is, sorry, I don't want to communicate with this person, I don't like their energy, and I'd move on to somebody who I felt more comfortable with. And you're never going to stop spirit coming through, you know, and remembering the way that I always say it is, we are all human beings that are having an existence of life, you know, and we all make mistakes, that's what we all do. And I appreciate that some mistakes that people make are very, very severe. I appreciate things like paedophilia, uh, murders, you know, major crimes are not nice things to do. But, you know, people, again, get very hung up on this evil barrier that's put on it. And I've got to agree with what Richard said earlier before the break about religion has a lot to answer for at times. Because I think, you know, religion brought in this word of evil. And that if you, if you believed in evil, you weren't a nice person. You know, you went to hell, blah, blah, blah. And I think we have to get out of that sometimes when we're on an event. And we have to look at the type of buildings that we're working in a lot of the times, okay, if, if Richard's doing his ghost walks around Derby, he's going to get some very sort of um, some very severe sort of spirits and ghosts trying to communicate because of the crimes that took place, etc. As with any city, but when we're in some of these wonderful stately mansions that we've got over here, they don't all hold secrets of murders and gunshot crimes and 
you know, um, rape and torture. Some of them were once family homes. And I think this is where, when I'm on an event and I'm working with a group of people and members of the public, I get very sort of, I get very worked up, I suppose, when I'm working with people because you can see their imagination trying to create something that's negative and something that's evil. And I always think, you know what, that never existed here. It never existed. And that's not me telling you that as a medium. That's me looking at that as an individual and saying, actually, it's a bit too far-fetched for where we are at the moment. Well done. That's absolutely right. It's so right. You know, everything's got to be evil. Everything's got to be um, demonic. And, um, Mm. and yeah, we love that. I know that. As I say, we want to be frightened. But it it isn't like, as I say, I mean, what Ron said a a few minutes ago about, uh, so if you bump into a... uh, an evil, you know, a paedophile, a, a murderer, which of course happens. But again, I would say to you, you know, in the street, how, when did you, when did you last bump into a murderer? Um, have you ever bumped into a murderer? So in other words, most of the well, people... Let me that answer that one for you, Richard. Nice. Richard, let me answer that one. If you do believe that there's a better place to be than in the yes. plane closest to Earth, if you believe in a heaven, if you believe in a uh, whatever, Shambhala or whatever... Uh, it, those are the spirits that are aren't hanging around. It's the ones that, according to you, and this is Richard Felix, uh, they're because of their religion, they're afraid to go to the light or move on. So yeah, you and they are the, these are the ones you that... run into these more nasty ones. I think you have a better chance of running into a nasty spirit in the spiritual world than you do in the real world. Yeah, I accept what you're saying, because, I mean, one of my beliefs, as you're quite rightly saying, is that a lot of them are still here. It's because of the church, because of religion, because of what they did. They broke one of the Ten Commandments, or they murdered someone, they stole something. Uh, and in other words, they were a, a bad person. Absolutely. But, of course, I don't forget, I also believe that an awful lot of the spirits that are around are those that, for whatever reason, haven't moved on. Possibly not just because they're frightened, but some of them have chosen to stay because they like it here. But you know what, though, Does it, doesn't that say, we, we're talking about spirit, but doesn't that say stuff about us as individuals? A lot of us are scared to move on. We're scared to make, you know, make mistakes in our life and do things to move us further forward. So the way that I look at it is we're no different on this side of the earth plane to on the spirit plane. We're exactly the same people. And the way that, again, I always talk to guests is, if, if somebody's grandfather was a miserable old man when he was here, he's going to be a miserable old man in spirit. He isn't going to be any different because if a medium was trying to come back and say, actually, I've got your grandfather here, oh, he's a really happy man, really jolly, really thought the best of the world, the person would turn around and say, well, that's not him because he didn't like life, he didn't enjoy life, he didn't like his family. Um, and I'm a big believer that, you know, like what we're talking about, you know, where sometimes spirit get, let's say, lost or, or unable to cross over. Um, I still think that there's a big element there of spirit having a free will in terms of where they want to be and when they want to come back and visit. You know, it's not that all spirit are lost. And people get very hung up on this idea at times as well. As soon as somebody passes over, you know, they need X amount of weeks to recover. They need X amount of weeks to communicate. You know, and, and for me, I've never found that. You know, I mean, I remember doing readings for people and, you know, they can lose you know, a partner or a loved one, and they'll ring me up the next day and I can give them a message straight away. And it'll be like, well, how did you know that? And it was like, well, because that's how quick they can come back. I believe that there's an instant cure 
of when somebody's in a very serious illness, as soon as they pass over, they're cured of that illness. Um, and I think we do have to accept that, you know what, even on Earth plane, you know, how would you know if you walked past a murderer in the street? How would you know if you walked past a, somebody who'd done a crime in the street? You wouldn't know that. And I think that's exactly the same in spirit, you know, a lot of the time. I think spirit will play games. I think sometimes they don't want to admit who they are as individuals. Um, I think sometimes it's very easy to hide behind somebody else. And I've had it numerous times where I've been working or I've been working on the Ouija board. And suddenly you'll be getting really good information. And then the message will just go all all skewed, it'll, it won't make sense, it'll be all wrong, or it'll go silly random letters, or suddenly it starts picking up. Now, mm-hmm. that's either an individual that's doing that, who's attended the event, or that's working on the Ouija board, or, it, or the way that I always say it is, it's a spirit that's broken in, who's trying to be disruptive. That's a good point, because I've actually experienced that myself, and I agree 100% with you on that. Yeah. So, I mean... There are different beliefs, religious beliefs, and I mean, for instance, the Greeks believe that when you die, your soul rooms the earth for 40 days. And so, I mean, to them, uh, a ghost is is like almost normal, because you're expected to be here for 40 days anyway. Versus, for instance, another one. I mean, I mean, for instance, you're a medium, and you must feel this more than anyone. Is that, for for instance, like movies like The Ghost Whisperer, where it was her job just to go around and send everybody to light all the time. Do, do you get that that same thing, where where people are asking you, uh, well, how come you don't send them the light? How come you you don't send them here or there? Oh, all the time on events. I've got to say, sometimes it drives me mad because you'll be working with a group of people and they say, we've got a spirit, we've got to rescue them. It's another spirit, we've got to rescue them. And I think, oh, for God's sake, how many have we got to rescue here? You know? <laughs> and and as, I, as I said earlier, I do believe that spirit have a free will. Wherever they want to be, they will be. You know, it doesn't mean that whenever you get a spirit trying to communicate that they need rescuing. Do you know what? As a medium... How would I cope if suddenly somebody come to me for a reading, you know, if it was you or, or Ron or it was Richard, and suddenly I'm saying, oh, I've got your daddy here, wait a minute, I need to rescue him. Oh, I've got your mummy here, oh, I need to rescue her. Do you know what? It doesn't work. It really doesn't work for me. And I think, again, a lot of mediums make it very complicated in terms of how mediumship works. You know, it's funny because when I go on an event or when I'm doing a stage show or anything, you know, people will always say, oh, do you need, do you need preparation time? I always say, no, no, when, I'm re- when they're ready, they'll talk to me. They'll communicate with me exactly the same as you, you're talking to me now. Um, if I pick the telephone up and rang somebody now, it's exactly the same way for me. I don't do this, this middleman either where, you know, you communicate to a guide and your guide communicates to spirit and comes back to your guide and then comes back to me. I'm aware that they talk to me direct. I get information direct. And, again, I think a lot of it is done for attention. I think a lot of it's done very sort of, um, almost to make people believe that they're something they're not. Let's say that. Ooh, that's a tough one. Richie, you there with us? I'm still here. Richie, <laughs> you actually work with Derek Accor, and we all know that. Now, that was my first experience with uh, uh, a medium with a medium, uh, basically when he had Sam, that, that he spoke through yeah. Sam. Uh, uh, did you find him genuine in 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 his uh, pursuit? Uh Richard. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, gosh, I mean, I worked with Derek, you know, obviously for, oh, my goodness, probably two years, I think, on the show, something like that. 
and uh, uh, some of the stuff that some of the stuff that happened with Derek. I mean, I think probably the best the best thing that ever for me was a place called uh, East Kirkby, an airfield, Second World War airfield. Um, that I actually got, I got the, the show, I got the place, the, the venue for, for the guys on Most Haunted, um, and Derek came out with things on that program that I didn't know, and yet I knew the airfield, I knew the people there. I, I, I for many many years, uh, when I was a lot younger, used to dig up crashed aeroplanes, um, and and I knew these guys at this airfield. And Derek kept, blew my mind away uh, on that show, and did on some of the other shows. Um, mm-hmm. The other, some other times, there were things that that happened that I I really made me think. Sometimes, well, you know, Derek, that's wrong. That's you know, and I used to say it. You know, I would say, no, nope, I don't believe in that. I'm sorry, I don't think, you know, that, that's not correct. Um, one of one of the the biggest ones that ever happened was at a place where uh, there was a French lady um, called Margaret of Anjou. Uh, A-N-J-O-U. She was the, the Queen of England, um, and uh, she was stayed in a place, and um, Derek kept referring to this woman as Margaret Anjou, Margaret Anjou. And, and I thought, well, surely to God, if this woman's communicating with Derek, she knows, she knows how to pronounce her own name. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, you see where I'm coming from. You know, um, but I don't know, you know, and so perhaps... Because, you see, I don't understand sometimes how uh, a woman, a French woman, can communicate, but perhaps Barry can help us with this one. How can a woman that, that possibly only spoke French, even though she was Queen of England, uh, yeah. she may have spoken very good English for all I know, um, why, wouldn't she, how, why wouldn't she be able to pronounce her own name to Derek? Well, I agree with that, Richard, and I think you're right. And, I, and as you, I, I've travelled around, you know, international, being a medium, you know, doing readings all over the world, and I've never, ever, ever had a problem with communication with people, probably more with an individual sitter than actually yeah. with a spirit. That would be my view of it. Um, but yeah. I, I do agree with what you're saying, because when I talk to spirit, if they're wanting to tell me what their name is, then I want it very precise. I want yeah. a first name. I want a last name. You know, I want to know where they used to live what their job was, what they looked like. And you are exactly right, you know, and I think probably sometimes there's, um, you're always going to get it in terms of language where there's a misinterpretation of words or, or how something's pronounced. But if it's a spirit that's saying to you, do you know what, my name's, you know, whatever, you know, then yes. tell, me, tell me how you want me to say it. Talk to me and tell me how you want me to say it. But I've never had a problem communicating with, let's say, foreign spirit, let's say that. There you are, you see. Yeah. So, again, you know, for me, the, uh, the jury's out on, 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 you know, I mean, because at the end of the day, you have to remember that Most Haunted was an entertainment show. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the same way as I'm saying my ghost walks are entertaining. And because of that, remember, I have people jumping out, scaring people. And let's be honest with you, that's what Joe Public wants to see on a TV programme. And, oh, and, yeah, nothing happens. It's kind of a boring show, no offense. Yeah, that's right. That's absolutely true. So things have got to happen. Um, and, you know, but, but, I mean, in my humble opinion, there is room, and I know Barry will agree with me on this one, there is room for a real ghost program. Really? But yeah. If nothing happens, guys, sorry, nothing happened this week, but I'm sure you all enjoyed... Um, you know, you, Ron, you've been there. You've gone lots of places where, you know, for a while we sit there, 
through the night watching paint dry when yep. almost nothing happens. But we still come back for more, don't we? Absolutely, for that, whatever that happens. I mean, that's the other interesting, too. I mean, when you people who do true investigations, they really don't get frightened of what they're doing. I mean, they're there. If something happens, they go, whoa, that's cool. Uh, you know, they're not like it's it's different because that's what they're there for. They 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 they've experienced so much in the past. You know, we're talking about a seasoned investigator, and if something else has happened, they're, they're pleased that it has moved up to the next level or whatever. Do you know that's what? Right. Well, now, I probably I probably get more scared than the guests do at times. Really? Um, oh God, yeah. I mean, you know what? It's a classic statement for me. You know that. People, I'll always say to people, you know, you do realize I'm scared of the dark and I'm probably in the wrong job. Um, <laughs> and it is true. It really is. You know, I'm, I'm probably the biggest wimp in the world when it comes to a ghost hunt because it's like, um, as I always tell people, you know, I have two rules in ghost hunting. One is if a door's closed, it's closed for a reason. And if it is closed, you push a woman through first. Um, and, it's, and, it's, uh, and you know what? It's never let me down in all these years. And there is just something about this fear factor that I love. I mean, it gives me such an adrenaline rush, as it does members of the public, because that's why they keep coming back. You know, people want this fear factor, as Richard says. You know, they want to go and touch the hangman's noose. You know, they want to go and touch, you know, the axe that used to chop people's head off. And, you know, that's what they want to feel and touch and sense. Um, and, and I've got to say, you know, I do get amazed on some events with people because their emotions, how they change, how they react to being in darkened rooms or sitting on a chair that was sat on by a murderer or something, you know, it really does affect them. Um, and why, why is it when we do events that people get so emotional? People really do. You know, you'll end up with grown men stood in a room suddenly bursting into tears. And you think, well, there's got to be something in that. There's got to be something that we can turn around and say we can't explain it. Hmm. Let me ask you this, Barry, as well, because uh, as a medium, once again, you've probably had more experiences. Do you find that, like in some of these investigations that you do, public investigations, that like loved ones come through of, of people oh. you are with rather than, uh, you know, the, haunted, the spirits haunting the place, for a bit, lack of a better term? Yeah, a lot of the time, Ron. And you know what? The, the biggest time I get that is when I'm working with people on a Ouija board. You really? can guarantee that somebody, yeah, you can guarantee that somebody's mother will try to come in. You can guarantee that somebody's child will try to communicate that they're lost or something like this. Maybe that's down to me, though. I have to say that because sometimes what I do say to people is if, okay, we're not picking much up at the moment. Let's see what we can get. You know, I'm not getting any activity. Let's ask for some messages coming in. And probably oh, okay. in my... Um, you know, in my subconsciousness, I've already thrown it up to spirit and said, okay, let's have a private message through for somebody. And suddenly you'll start getting this message after message after message. Um, and that does happen. I've found that a lot on events, you know, and obviously being a medium, I'm able to interpret it and work with them. But I also want people to have that experience on an event. You know, I want them to be you know, on the planchette, on the Ouija board, put the finger on the glass, put the hands on the table. And even if it's somebody's mother coming through or father or whoever, I want them to be able to move things, move the table. I want them to shake the table, whatever, and really come up with some provable stuff. Um, and that's what I want to see from it, you know, this provable information. But it comes through a lot as private messages on events. Richard? Hello? Do you yes. find out that, that sometimes when you do your tours that 
that you, you think you you've sp- have spirits? Because I know you have mediums that work on your tours and investigations. Please, we do, yeah. Yeah, we often as well. I mean, again, what, as, as Barry says, the amazing thing is we do often when we're doing uh, night vigils at Derby Jail or, or wherever else I'm doing them, uh, we often get, um, you know, people around the table and all of a sudden someone comes through. Uh, there's absolutely nothing to do with the property at all. Not the ghost that haunts the place, but, you know, a loved one, mother, father, friend, someone that was killed in a car accident. And then the tears start. Um, yeah. And it's it's very emotional, but it's it's very exhilarating as well. Happens a lot uh, for me as well when when we're we're doing events for people. Often, you know, a spirit comes in. Jumps. It's a little bit like leaving your mobile phone number, isn't it? Yeah. All of a sudden, someone someone picks it up and rings. It's pretty cool. But anyways, Barry, I know we're running just about out of time, and that's the two-minute warning. Someone's at the door. So <laughs> uh, Brilliant. do you have any events coming up you would like to mention? Oh, loads of events. I'm at, I'm at um, Henry VIII's Hunting Lodge on Saturday at Bolbrook Castle with Compass Paranormal. Um, where apparently he caught in Anne Boleyn. Um, mm. I did it um, a few months ago, actually. We found it very active, I've got to say that. Um, but my diary's always busy. It's like Richard's, isn't it? You know, trying to get hold of us both is impossible. Yeah. I think the last time the last time me and Richard spoke was probably on your show, actually, Ron. It was. <laughs> no, it was. Funny. I said we never get to meet. We're too damn busy. But we're not complaining, are we, Barry? That's the main not thing. Not at all. Not at all. We're still proving those ghosts, Richard, aren't we? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so if someone wanted to find out more of where you're going to be and what event you have coming up yeah. and everything, where could they go? Yeah, if they whiz onto my website, which is www.barryjohn.com, um, you know, whiz onto the events page. There's loads of links there that take you through to some of the events companies we work with, um, you know, Compass Paranormal, etc. Go and have a look. You know, there's always something. You don't always have to come on an event with me. I like to see new faces, though, because um, it makes it nice and enjoyable for me. Okay, and Richard, you got anything coming up this week? I've got an event uh, with uh, Ghost Night events on Saturday uh, at the. Sa- I've never been before the the, uh, the South York Air Museum um, near Doncaster. Looking forward to it because, as I said to you earlier, I, I spent a lot of time as a as a as a youngster digging up crashed aeroplanes, and there's actually one or two items that are at this museum that I dug up many many years ago that I haven't seen for years. Uh, and, of course, guess what? It's very haunted. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. So if anybody wants to come along, uh, Ghost Night Events, uh, look it up on the Internet. Okay. I actually have my Paranormal Study Group tonight, the Circles of Wisdom, and coming up in August 20th, you'll love this, Richard. I have a pirate ship ghost tour. And... Oh, you should be Ooh. so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's the only... A real only... pirate ship? It's the only square rig pirate ship on the east coast of the United States, and we're going out of Gloucester, and it's going to be a blast. Oh, boy. I shall be there in spirit, my friend. All right. So, Barry, uh, we want to thank you so much. Once again, it's been Barry John, and I did get it right this time. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. It's always interesting. You know, I love to, you know, pick your brain, and you always come up with some really interesting answers, and uh, I think so, Richard, you too, right? Couldn't agree more. I've always right. it's a talking to you, Barry. It's been great. Thank again. you, Richard. Thank you. All right. Good night. God bless everyone. Good See night. you guys. Happy holidays. Bye. From goalies to ghosties, long to the beast.
Thank you.